You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by Built Bar. Use promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com or part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And we will continue our family reunion week. Rick Bennell on Monday, Nada on Wednesday. We bring in David Walker as we have frequently done here recently on this Friday. Follow him on Twitter at David B. Walker. David, how are you doing? Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I love to you know round out the week with you guys and following those you know, giant footsteps of the, of the two previous <laughs> guests, of course. Yes. Uh, I'm sure Rick will be uh, flattered to hear you discuss that. Rick's got a big head here lately, man. Like he'll come in and he'll say like, of course, you know, clearly this is what uh, I say is right. And uh, I think we've kind of validated that with some of the things that we've talked about. So uh, man, David, you're going to have to round it out here on a strong note, especially with Nada coming in as well. And yeah. we'll talk to open it up um, with somebody that directly refutes your unstung hero from last <laughs> week. We have a new one. We have a new unstung hero this week, but John Hollinger of the Locked On Podcast Network refutes your unstung hero from last week, which was Terry Rozier. We basically mm. became the Terry Rozier podcast and how much we talked about him and how, I don't know if, I mean, surprised is probably an appropriate word here, but we, we did overall take a positive note away from what he did with the Charlotte Hornets just last season. But in uh, John Hartle, uh, John article, John Hollinger's recent article. I like John. That's article a street better. name. That's a street name. Yeah. Johnny article, man. Now listen, that would be a great name for a writer of any kind. Old yeah. Johnny oh. article. <laughs> that would, that actually would be amazing. <laughs> Horrible uh, superhero. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. He's the guy that it should have, that should have been the name of the newspaper editor in Spider-Man. It should have been Johnny article. That's what I picture. Mild mannered John article. by day. <laughs> So Johnny article of the athletic writes, the Hornets made a bad problem worse when they responded to Kimba Walker's free agency by sending their 2020 second round pick to Boston and turning it into a sign and trade for Rogier. Terry Rogier was unlikely to live up to his three year, $57 million deal. And the Hornets almost immediately discovered that they already had a better point guard lying around in Devontae Graham. And as a result, Rozier's value likely cratered further as an undersized sort of spot up guy playing next to Graham. He would say Rozier still averaged 18 point season for the Hornets and he is only 26 years old, but largely the reason he puts Terry Rozier as the fifth worst contract that was signed in free agency was because he rates Terry Rozier so badly, mainly defensively. And he was a crushing disappointment to take some of the words that Hollinger wrote here in his article. He also writes that was supposed to be his strength coming out of college and advanced stats suggest he's kind of a dumpster fire at that end. The eye test shows some good superficial on ball efforts mixed with confused off ball decisions and taking too many plays off. So here's where I am. I read that. And the whole premise of the article is the 10 worst contracts that were signed via free agency. And I look at that and as a person who just argued on behalf of the contract, actually being 
not worth $18 million. Like, I don't think Terry Rozier is an $18 million a year kind of guy. But all I ask is for your contract to be tradable to the point where you can come close to getting the value and or maybe even right at equal value. And I think you can still do that with Terry. And here's John telling me that it's the fifth worst contract that was signed in free agency. And, and I look at that and I think, okay, the, the defensive analytics are speaking so highly against Terry Rogier, but I watched the basketball games with Terry participating, them, uh, participating in them. And I read this and I think, what am I missing? Do I know how to evaluate the game of basketball? What am I watching? Because we are so far off. I, I, I think I was generally lower then Doug, maybe you were on Terry and, and Rick has him as the MVP. I would not call him the MVP. I don't think defensively he was very good. I, I don't think the shot selection was all that great throughout the season, even though he got better. But I do think the contract is tradable and not at bottom five. What are some of the thoughts that you guys have when you look at what John Hollinger read? Well, yeah, you said it right off the bat. I mean, Rick Bunnell, who did watch every game along with, you know, the three of us for the most part, he called him the team MVP. And whether you agree with that or not, he's up there among the top performers of this team. And listen, uh, Hollinger said he had a bad season in Charlotte. And both of those things can be true. We were talking about the Hornets. So you can have a bad season and still be the team MVP. But I just think this is a difference in, you know, a data-driven uh, compilation of evaluating a player and actually watching the games, like you said, Walker. I mean, I don't think any of us are blowing smoke to a point where we're saying Terry Rozier is an all-star or he's going to even be here for the near future. But part of my argument last week was that, A, he didn't come in and uh, implode the locker room when things didn't go his way right off the bat. He did improve on everything that he did on the floor, at least offensively, in Boston and had a nice year. I don't think anybody thinks he didn't have some boneheaded moments and was perfect all year round. But for Rick to go out there and say, hey, this guy was the MVP from start to finish when you look at the complete body of work, kind of goes against a lot of what Hollinger is saying, especially when he says he has a bad year and it's you know basically an embarrassment. I, I still don't think any of us think this is a great contract. But Rick even went so far as to say with you guys that it would be money well spent if he just repeats what he did last year. So that's a big difference. And it's important to know that these are, according to Hollinger, the 10 free agent contracts that look the worst going forward. So that's why I think you find Terry Rozier as a worse contract uh, than Nick Batum, who he rates ninth, because that's hard to... Yeah, he's on he's there, on but he's below Rozier, and that's hard to fathom that Nick's contract. Yep. But he's not really taking the contract as a whole. He's saying, okay, moving forward, and Nick only having the one year left on his deal. Which, which real quickly, only kind of increases the argument, though, because, one, it's a declining deal, and there's two years left. You yeah. know, like, there's two years left on a declining deal, and, yes, we're, we're going to end up at 16 mil for the final year. But even then... I. The guy shot close to 43% from the field. He shot close to 41% from three. I know all of these things aren't the end-all be-all, but I don't look at that and think bottom five free agent deal going forward, especially when you only have two years left. I, I just That's something that I can't call a bottom five deal going forward in the entire and, and association. And also you have to look at some of the names that are on this worst contract list and then look at the names yeah. that are on his best contract list. So let me, let me just go on the worst contract list. You have Clay Thompson injured right now, Tobias Harris, D'Angelo Russell, Harrison Barnes, then Rozier, then Al Horford, and then Bojan Bogdanovic, three years, 56 million. 
the fact is you have to pay a lot of money to get talent in the NBA, and maybe they don't live up to whatever you think the number is that they need to live up to. Uh, but as as guys become veterans and produce more and more, you have to pay. I mean, he's got Chris Middleton at eight. I mean, I'll take Chris Middleton any day of the week, and then you look mm-hmm. at his best list, mm-hmm. and it's filled with guys like uh, Zubak and Dorian Finney-Smith and Marcus Smart and Daniel House and Terrence Davis, which I think is great value for an, uh, for an undrafted player. Alex Caruso, all fine players, but best contra- best free agent contracts. And then one more thing. On his list, he has all these ground rules, and the ground rules exclude a lot of players who I would think would be on bad contracts like uh, Mike Connolly, for example, just when you look at um, how much he struggled this year. Um, and there was one more player that I think he excluded from his list that I thought, uh, oh, Andrew Wiggins. So technically, Wiggins is an extension, so it's not a free agent contract. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I, I think I'd love to get off that Wiggins deal way more than I'd love to get off a Rozier deal. So... Were sign and trades not an exclusion of this? I mean, Terry Rozier was technically a sign and trade, correct? Well, could be, I guess, because I, he's I guess, yeah. yeah, I guess right. not. Blake right. Griffin, not all, also not on this list. Chris Paul, um, Kevin yeah. Love, Eric Gordon's, you know. So, I mean, you know, I think there are a lot of exclusions. So, I wouldn't take too much offense to this if you're a Hornets fan. And and just, I think it's, no, it's no, clear no, no, no. Hollinger rates him really low as a defensive player. But one thing I think the Hollinger leaves off yeah. his list is context. And the context is that the Charlotte Hornets are rebuilding and they needed a player to come in and just give them production so to keep them from being, talk about dumpster fire. I think without Terry Rozier, this team had the potential, especially early on before they knew that Devontae Graham and P.J. Washington were going to play as well as they did. There was a real chance that this team could be a legitimate dumpster fire that was not worth watching at all. And so they bring in somebody who can at least replace Kimba's production and help other players become better just by taking some of the scoring load off. And, and he did that. And so when I'm ready a contract, I say, did they, did the player do what the organization wanted them to do? Not what John Hollinger wanted them to do. Not what any other analytics person wanted them to do. What did the organization want this player to accomplish? And I feel like Terry Rozier did that. And at the same time, didn't blow th- things up in the locker room. So uh, while I'm not in love with the number, I'm okay with the contract. Yeah, that's a great point. Go back and look at the preseason predictions and where people thought the Hornets would be. It's all the way towards the bottom. No one thought this team was going to be fun, fun to watch. Forget that. Even, you know, competitive. Uh, and they were both of those things. And Rozier was a big, big, big part of that, certainly as the season wore on. And I'd push back a little bit on saying that, you know, certainly as the season played out, Devontae Graham was clearly someone who was flat out better than Terry Rozier all the way through. I mean, Walker, you've been highlighting uh, Graham's struggles, you know, especially towards the end of the year. So I think you can make the argument that certainly from start to finish, Rozier was the better player. Yeah, I mean, you could, with with Terry having shot so well, especially after the All-Star break, playing a lot better, which is something he mentioned. And I think we all kind of knew that. That wasn't the revelation. I think at the position change really got to him and that he was working out a lot more. And that's something we didn't see from the outside, but it wasn't a revelation to us fans that he played a lot better after the all-star break. The numbers spoke for themselves in the way that he was playing the last handful of games or so. It, yeah. It, it's interesting to see uh, Johnny articles piece on this for the athletic. Um, Doug, I know you wanted to tell people about built bar and how they can support. I do, but first us. let me just say this, that also a piece of context that's missing from Hollinger's article is that the Hornets in general played really poor defensively. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were playing both Rozier and Graham at the same time. 
So I would love to see Rozier's numbers, you know, in that eight to 10 game stretch where the Hornets were playing together as a team well defensively. They had figured out how to mitigate some of the negatives that came along with playing those two small guards up front. So I would be interested to see Rozier's, you know, sort of deeper analytics numbers on his defense at the very end of the season. So that's all, that's all I'll say on that. Um, to be honest, guys, one, one last thing, Doug, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's a, 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 a numeric value or a data set that could have gotten his contract off of a list like this, if that makes any sense, especially with all the caveats that thrown into this people hated that contract immediately when that was announced, like we said, it's not our favorite either. It hasn't gotten much better, but if you're putting that on a sheet of some of the top 10 worst contracts in the league, that's usually going to make the list. So it's not anything to get too upset about. Well, it's so it, it's measured so heavily defensively and yeah, yeah, defensively true. analytics. Uh, there is no legitimately really good measure of defense out there because it's so hard to quantify something that literally doesn't happen. Uh, literally a bucket does not happen. Is that responsible? Is, is Terry Rogier responsible because of that? Like we can, we, we can use a lot of different stats to help us out. And if a bunch of different metrics point towards him being a good player, then of course we can take that for what it's worth and say, okay, all of these metrics say he's good, fine. You know, and, and the eye test points that out. Okay, cool. But I mean, defense is so hard to measure that when it's all heavily predicated on defense, like I had problems with Terry, like defensively, I sure. did. I, I don't think he was good. Um, and I think there was, I think there was some times where he was lost, but I also think it's really hard to put that much weight into it when I think pretty clearly because John is a busy dude that's taking care of a lot of other NBA things. He's just not watching Terry Rogier night in and night out. All right, Doug, tell the people about Bill Barr's great, man. It's fantastic. Tell them why it's fantastic. Yeah, Walker, here's something easy to quantify. How many grams of sugar are in your energy bar? If you're not eating Built Bar, I bet it's a lot. Built Bars are healthy and they are tasty. They have, they have energy bars that have three grams of sugar in them. That's crazy because these things are coated in a 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They've got eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. They're always swapping out flavors. One of my favorite, peanut butter brownie, has 20 grams of protein and only three grams of sugar. That's crazy. If you want a Bilt Bar, if you want to try Bilt Bar, you can go to BiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get $10 off your first order by using promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BiltBar.com and all of their merchandise right now is up to 50% off and they're donating all profits to charity. That's right. You heard that right. Up to 50% off on everything and they're donating profits to charity. If you want to learn more, go to BiltBar.com. Put in that promo code Locked On. This is Locked On Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot <laughs> wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The NBA is getting closer to the restart in July 31st, um, but not fast enough on the NBA's account because things are rising, problems are coming up more and more by the day as we start to see some of the COVID-19 positive tests in Orlando, where the NBA just so happens to be restarting. And that has to be a big problem for Adam Silver, for all of the players, for the Disney staffers that are going to be there to try to make all of this work. And again, we are more than a month out from all of this to where maybe it could go down, 
as I think they are mandated to wear masks down in Orlando, Florida right now, or um, because we have no clue what's going to go on, perhaps this thing continues to plateau or spike. I mean, who knows what's all going to happen? But pretty clearly, there are some questions that aren't answered that we have no clue to that could be major problems and derail the NBA's restart. We talked with Tom Haverstrow on the wake-up call today. And one of the interesting things about this was he talked with someone that said, this isn't really like a bubble. This is more like a mesh net and trying to keep everything. Disney staffers don't have to abide, aren't going to abide by the rules implemented by the NBA because they are ran by the Disney union and they are going to have their temperature checked. They are not going to have daily tests like these players. They are not going to have the ring around their finger that dictates that you might have COVID three days before symptoms even show up. They're not going to have all of that. And because of the Disney support staff being able to leave the bubble and go home just like a normal day at work. So guys, when I ask you with all of the problems that you think could arise, the major problems that could arise, what is your level of fear that one, this NBA restart gets uh, derailed or that there actually might be something really bad happening because of the NBA restart in general. Yeah, Doug, I don't know about you, but around here in Charlotte, every day there's three new restaurants that are popping up that are closing down because an employee there has, you know, contracted COVID-19. And it just feels like the more people are moving around and uh, exposing themselves to each other in a, in a fashion like this, that that's happening. So, I mean, I can definitely see a world where this thing starts and stops maybe a couple of times. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. There seems to be a reckoning that's coming to Florida in general. The state. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just feels yeah. like, it feels like cases are going <laughs> through the roof. And so what happens as the, as the NBA, you know, just goes along with its plan and is playing basketball. Meanwhile, Florida is having to deal with a major spike in cases. I mean, just optically, that's going to be very, odd to me. I mean, I've been afraid the whole time that they were going to get started in this thing and then have to stop it. And, and I yep. thought that that would not only be damaging to the NBA, but it would be damaging to the prospects of having sports in the fall and the winter and moving on into next year and a restart of the NBA season for next year. Um, and mm -hmm. the legitimacy of whatever this, you know, champion is, if you've got, you know, multiple players out in the playoffs and it, and, and it's affecting playoff series, then how much does it even matter that we crown a champion? Um, uh, I just see it, the, all of it is, is very risky to me, but at this point, it just seems like the NBA feels like they have no choice. They're putting their head yeah. down at this point and moving forward. And I, I don't, they are prepared for a player to test positive. What I'm not, and and I don't know how you could prepare for this, but what I don't think they're prepared for is a player getting legitimately sick with the coronavirus and what that does to the rest of the player's morale and ability to go out and compete. And I don't think that it matters. I heard Brian Winhorst, I think, say this, like, or maybe somebody on the Dan Lebetard show say, like, what happens if a star gets it? I don't think that no. matters. I don't think it matters if it's LeBron James or Alex Caruso. I think if somebody gets legitimately sick with this thing, it's going to just be a cascade effect where players are going, okay, I can't, I can't do this. Well, that's the thing. There are already guys that are voicing their concerns about going now, right? Before there anybody there, before anybody has it, before there's been any positive tests or anything like that. So what happens when you do have one or two or three? I mean, who knows how many people will be affected by it? Staff, players, coaches, referees, whomever. Uh, I mean, how are they going to deal with it if players are like, you know what? We tried it. It's just too crazy right now. We, we're not going to 
keep going. I mean, I don't, how are they going to quell, how are they going to quiet those talks when, when stuff like that starts kicking up down there? In that conversation with Tom, he did mention that epidemiologists and researchers of COVID-19 are still saying, go ahead and go with this. Yeah. So people that do research this, they are saying, go with this now. Conditions aren't bad enough for you to completely derail this whole thing and pull it out of Orlando and say, nope, no NBA season. But it does not mean that that could not change maybe a month in, right? I mean, you, you have to get in and out of here. And Doug, you brought up just sports in general. I completely agree with that. Think about how we've been acting with the NFL, right? The NFL, they did so well with free agency. We just kind of happened. La-di-da, everybody signs, everybody's okay. We're all good. The NFL draft, they do a legitimately good job of producing a broadcast. And because you don't have to meet with the players, they could do it uh, through Zoom conferences. The NFL draft happens and everything's all fine and dandy. And now we're trying to talk about training camp. Well, it, it, uh, training camp not doesn't really matter anyway. But now we're talking about October, Dr. Fauci, you know, he's coming back in to the, he's coming back right after a couple months off. It's great. Yeah. Dr. Fauci's music started playing. He started running down the Uh, ramp. He's like, everybody uh, get in a bubble. NFL, you're in a bubble. (laughs) NBA, you're in a bubble. Steel chair. So, so think about that. The NBA has 15 players to a roster where I think they're allowing two extra players just in case. So really we're going 17 with, I don't know, five, six, seven guys on the bench as part of the coaching staff. Well, that lends itself to a bubble more so than baseball, more so than football, because one, the arenas and the stadiums are smaller and you have fewer people actually participating in these events. Football has 90-man rosters with 53 active-man rosters where they try to dwindle that down from 90. And then you're not even talking about practice squad guys. And you're not even talking about all of the different coaches and the coaching staff. A bubble for the NFL? I mean, that's insane. Like, you're talking about 15 guys on an NBA roster compared to 53 on the active-man roster every single Sunday. So with all of the problems, right, the NBA is taking some heat right now because pretty clearly people are saying this is only for money. Just like baseball is only trying to get it launched for money. Just like NFL is only trying to get it launched for money. But because it's very real with the NBA right now, even though they were using a very patient approach, nobody cares that NASCAR win and UFC win as far as, you know, how to measure what you can do. They're not team sports and they're not nearly as popular. Like we got a major sport starting. It's real. And now we have some real problems arising and we're like, well, maybe this isn't a good idea. Yeah, because if it's not sports... Then here we are arguing about baseball, not being able to figure things out. And then they're going to figure things out. And then we're just going to criticize them for coming back amidst all of this hell that is the pandemic. And then the NFL, I mean, of course, like there's a lot of money to be lost in the NFL because they make a lot of money. And I, you're right, Doug, like sports altogether, uh, the, the sports altogether is probably going to be something that's not a great idea if this continues. Yeah. I mean, if, if you see, if you see issues continue to arise, I mean, that's, that's the risk, but it doesn't seem like that is enough of a risk to actually end basketball. So we're going to see something, uh, and it'll be, I mean, I'll, you know, that's the whole thing I keep wondering just for myself is like, how am I going to feel watching this? How am I going to feel? Am I going to be excited? Am I going to be scared? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, one of the most uh, tense things that the NBA, one of the most complicated things the NBA has ever done. Yeah, and selfishly, I do want to see it. I mean, I want basketball back. I mean, this time of year, 
I'm usually looking forward to watching summer league for crying out loud. And that's when we've had basketball for the past four months, you know? So this is going to be something that's truly uh, incredible to watch because the other thing to me is like, we always, or at least I always feel safe in the hands of Adam Silver and company. I mean, usually they're very measured. He's comforting. They're very measured. You know, they, they usually do the right things, what feels like the right things. And this is just such unknown territory. No one knows what's going on, um, you know, outside of basketball. So this is going to be something that's really going to be fascinating to watch. And it's almost like you just have to cross your fingers. You just have to prepare the best that you can, the best that they know how. I mean, they're bringing in these rings from the future. I don't know. What are these things? I, I mean, the, where are I they? I want the, the ring that tells me to get away from people or to tell people to get away from me. I mean, I want yes. it more than the shoes that tie themselves from Back to the Future. I don't think I've wanted a piece of tech more than I can put on a ring that says, hey, you're too close to someone. And I go, listen, I got the ring. I got I got to go. The ring is done. <laughs> when are they coming up on NBAstore.com? I want to get a Hornets oh, one. Yeah, custom. I want to get, <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what you want. NBA logo on that thing. A like, I mean, yeah, I want to see how those work. Maybe if it's just a picture of Rich Cho on the ring, maybe that'll get people away from him. Maybe they won't want to be around you. Maybe it'll be Adam Morrison. Maybe <laughs> yeah, it's some dictating some bad A little weird hygiene. shot at Rich Cho. I mean, Adam Morrison, I'm I just get, telling you, <laughs> out of nowhere, blindside. <laughs> Jeez. Um, that was a lot of negative energy I just threw out there. Let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about rockauto.com because it's fantastic. If you donned a ring with rockauto.com, that would just make me want to be around you even more so. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com, it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, it's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for prof- uh, for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so you uh, don't have to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. I take more shots unnecessarily at Rich Cho next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But give me some positives. As that would annoy me as a head coach. I'd be like, look, you you can't lose to the Bulls by twenty and come away and go, well, you know, let's look for some silver linings. Silver lining, game over. Next game. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So, in my bad feelings for calling out Rich, I now do want to play that game though. Like, who are the Bobcats and the Hornets that you don't want to go anywhere near? Like, is Adam Morrison? Was that was that, should that have been my first answer? 
should it not have been a shot at the GM who I just think was not very good. And that's why I put it out there. But like Adam Morrison, the whole bad hygiene thing like that, that's probably the best answer to come, come up with. Right. I mean, the more stories I hear, I'm, I'm going to add Larry Brown to that list. It sounds like Brown oh, really? yeah, that's great was answer. just that's as much answer. a part of the Bobcats disaster, even though he got <laughs> him to the playoffs at what, at what cost I ask you. I'm trying to think of a big smoker. I'm just kind of coming up with the Vladi way back in the day. Used to burn him down a lot. Probably <laughs> oh, yeah. not a guy you probably want riding in your car. Probably, probably mm-hmm. doesn't look like a guy that. that's 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 rocking the nicotine patch. Just gonna say. That. Uh, what about Derek Coleman? I imagine Oof. most people wouldn't go around uh, Derek Coleman. Is that a good one? I um, mean, yeah. I mean, he's you know he wasn't uh, known as the most you know gruff. Yeah, gruff. He's not not jovial. Not someone you'd just want to chill out with, <laughs> hang out with. Okay, clear. That was that was met with a round of applause there with that answer, both of you. <laughs> but that was I can't think of anybody else. I can't think of anybody else that might fit that. Well, the Hornets have had pretty uh, amicable so uh, rosters as of late. I guess so. Know? I mean, nice That's guys true. don't win a lot of games, but you know, mm-hmm. pretty nice guys. Mm-hmm. But great, yeah, they're super great cool hangs. to hang out. Great with. hangs. Great hangs. <laughs> the short, they should. They should. That's in fact, nice. in Spectrum, they should hang a banner that just says Best hang. "Great hangs." Great hangs. 2010 to 2020. Pretty cool dude. That's what the mantra hangs. is. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty solid. Um, come up with another cool dude for us, David. Who's an unstung hero for us. We went with Terry Rogier last week and then John Hollinger came in and stomped all over it with his most recent yeah. article. Do you have anybody else you think John Hollinger might attack? Yeah. Let's week? put the bullseye on a couple of guys. Uh, but uh, <laughs> real quick, I, I forgot to mention last week, I had this idea based on one guy that played for the Bobcats that we never talk about anymore. Ironically, it was a couple of weeks ago and that was Steven Jason Jackson. <laughs> it was Steven Jackson who obviously has been in the news a lot lately um, with uh, all the stuff that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything he's doing. But that was a guy that I really loved when he was on the team for the Bobcats, made that playoff run. I had a I Make Love to Pressure t-shirt. So he was just fantastic. I just wanted to give him a shout out for that and for everything he's doing uh, right now, obviously. But for these two guys, take that, John. R- write something bad about yeah. Stephen Jackson. I John. dare you. I, d- I dare you. <laughs> I said right. it first. Uh, no, but for this week, I uh, wanted to double up. So I've got not one, but two guys. You can pick either one you want. They're the exact same. It's the Martin twins. That's right. The Martin twins came off the bench and spent some time with this team. And I felt, as a lot of people did, that were a, a tremendous surprise. And as I often do when I'm looking for a stat to support my argument, I look for the on-off numbers. And so I looked at the on-off numbers for the Martin Twins. And on this team, there weren't a lot of players that overall had a, you know, a positive impact on both their team and then, you know, uh, didn't, uh, you know, kept the other, you know, perform well for their team and, and helped defend the opposing team. And really, when you look at the on-off splits for the Martin twins, they were the only two guys outside of Devontae Graham that really had a positive impact, both on the offensive rating for their team and then didn't do much harm when they, the other team was you know trying to do uh, well on their end. So I, I just thought that we all saw the, twi- the Martin twins play. Um, I believe, which one was drafted? Cody? Caleb. Cody, Cody and then Caleb came on Cody along as drafted. an um, undrafted free agent. Uh, but those guys went in and made impacts. And I mean, we saw it right off the bat. And I thought that was big for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it showed that Mitch Kupchak can still get a diamond in the rough in the second round. And he could also get a guy 
uh, that wasn't drafted to contribute on this team. The development also of the Hornets was on display with these two guys and just their ability to come in and affect the game. I mean, they weren't going out scoring 40 points a game, but they were doing a little bit on both ends. And when you talked about someone like Terry Rogier, who was, you know, uh, criticized a lot for his defense. The team as a whole wasn't great on defense, but to have two of these guys on the wings that could affect the game in a positive way um, and come off the bench and do that is not something we've seen a lot. So to have them come in there and go and make positive impacts on this game, I thought those two guys, you know, they did get their their due along the way. But if you didn't watch this team on a night in and night out basis, you didn't know who the Martin Twins were. And so for that reason, they're my unstung heroes this week. It brings to mind the movie, The Replacements, when they're trying to figure out all of the different players they're going to bring in. They bring in the twins on the offensive line. Separate, they're not very good, but you bring them together and they can perform extremely well. Uh, That's not necessarily true for Cody Martin, though, to be honest. He was pretty good as the season went on. But I'm with you, David. I really was impressed with what we saw from Cody Martin as a guy that progressed as the season went on. And you're right talking about some of those second rounders that Mitch Kupchak has been able to hit on. We talked about this earlier in the week. What has been the best thing Mitch Kupchak has brought to the organization? I think hitting and actually utilizing second rounders is something that he's done a good job with. And Doug, this goes to something you've talked about quite a bit with Mitch, the patience. It's not him panicking midseason and pulling off a trade just because feeling the pressure to pull the trigger on a trade just because the trade deadline is up. You've spoken to that patience, and I think that is something that should be celebrated. Yeah, I think both of these uh, players um, really held their own and were able to get significant time at the end of the season. And they both do a little bit different things. Cody's more of a defensive uh, focused player, uh, but did show some good offensive ability towards the end of the season. Caleb showed some improvements on defense, even though he's sort of exclusively Uh, been an offensive player Uh, but I think both of them represent the if this team is going to build an identity and build a culture in the next couple of years it's going to be with guys like Cody and and Caleb Martin who literally every time they step on the floor are just balls of energy and they just they just swarm around and and try to do something on or off the basketball Um, so so I think they that's that's their biggest benefit Uh, and and if that sort of rubs off on everybody else and starts to create that culture I think that's only a good thing for the Hornets I would love next week to play a game where I just play audio from Caleb or Cody Martin's uh, exit interview and see if you guys can guess which (laughs) one it is do do that to me throw a picture I, I wish I could do it now I don't have the yeah, I don't have the text the the text set up right now, but next week I'm gonna I'm gonna play Cody Martin sound and Caleb Martin sound. And you guys have to guess which who it is. Well, obviously they look so much alike. Do they sound? I mean, I I haven't. I think they sound, they pretty, sound similar. pretty damn similar. It it really is crazy. They're not even identical, right? They're like not. I don't think they're even considered identical twins. They're not technically yeah. identical. That's right. That's insane because I can't tell them apart whatsoever. And we know science. Borrego got it mixed up quite a bit. That was the fun thing to ask at the beginning of the season. I feel like everybody asked that question. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, and all the other shows on the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. Have a good weekend. We'll see you on Monday.